All right, welcome to the Student Success Exchange podcast, a series of deep conversations about real student stories between a student affairs professional and the students he serves. I'm your host, David Ipyam, a student affairs professional and a leadership educator committed to assisting proactive students to level up. When I'm not working with couples to maximize their relationships through relationshipzen.ca or with professionals to elevate their game through change intelligence and with families to learn martial arts at Mind Over Matter Karate, I'm facilitating spaces with students who want to be high performers and game changers. The idea behind this interview style podcast is to learn from the experience of students who are striving and persevering through post-secondary education to better understand how they make sense of their journey and to identify the skills they use throughout the process. So before we jump into this episode, I just want to let students and those who support students know that I'll be creating an online course in summer 2019 in which I guide students through a unique self-reflective and experiential framework to clarify their personal philosophy, surround themselves with the confidence, mindfulness, and recovery strategies for high impact and performance, and avoid common pitfalls that can sabotage the student experience. So sign up for updates if you're interested at davidipyam.com forward slash student dash success. In this episode, episode three, Lise shares her inspiring story as an out-of-province mature student who left her job after eight years to dive into full-time studies at university. This episode is loaded with vulnerability, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Hi, Lise. How are you? Hi, I'm good yourself. Thanks. I'm well. Thanks for joining us on the Student Success Exchange. Really excited to talk to you. Um, my pleasure is all mine. I'm super stoked to be here. So, how was your day? And My day so far is really good. I'm super excited about this project. I'm really, really excited to be talking to you and to be uh, able to connect with all the community of Glendon or York. Yeah, and then so when you received the invitation, what went through your mind? Um, I was really, really excited. Honestly, I I know that it's a it's kind of a hard to connect with people when uh, you get into university life when you're not, uh, you know, when you're not sure where you're going. You're not. It's a whole new chapter type of thing. So it's uh, it's really. I was really, really excited to be part of this and to kind of like help people uh, maybe find their way a little bit easier throughout this new chapter. Mm-hmm. And I was ex- I'm excited that you've accepted because I know that you have a rich history. Uh, and we've we've had a pleasure of getting to know each other through um, a class that uh, I taught and that you're in last year, last fall, and then also you worked through the office as the as a support to Glendon mature and part time students. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I'm sure that we'll touch on some of that yeah, later. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so why don't you give us a little introduction to who you are? Um, for sure. I am uh, entering my third year in university at Glendon campus. Uh, I am in psychology currently. And uh, I am actually a mature student here at Glendon. Uh, it's uh, it's been a ride. It's been it's been one a hell of a ride. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm really stoked. Uh, and all that. So good where? Stuff. Yeah, how yeah. About, yeah. Just so that uh, so our listeners know, where are you local to? I am local to Montreal originally. So I have lived there my whole life. And then at uh, the sweet tender age of eighteen, I decided to move out and come here to Toronto. And then uh, you know things kind of like happen naturally and I decided to come back to university. So I've been here for three years now. Mm-hmm. And so if you were to share with us aspects of your identity, values, interests, ambitions, what would you say? So as far as my ambitions go, I mean, I truly hope to be as far as the school goes and everything like that I truly hope to be able to like do my master's kind of go and do my PhD. It's a really, really broad 
uh, statement. It's a really broad field, so I don't know exactly where, but you know, it's still time to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, values, uh, you know, I'm I'm truly like a hard worker. I'm really passionate about everything I do. I think that <laughs> we've kind of established that the yeah. second I walked in, I, I really when I when I'm excited about something, I go 110 percent. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, excitement usually gets the best <laughs> for anything. So in terms of those attributes that yeah. you've just mentioned and maybe others, how has that shaped your student experience? Uh, it's, it's much easier to go through, uh, the student experience when you have like a, a you know, when you're passionate about something, when you want to, when you're thriving, uh, it's really, it makes it so much easier. I mean, there's no, there's no point in like tiptoeing around or like kind of going little by little. If you're, if you want to be here, you really want to, you know, get through whatever you want to get through. Uh, passion is truly a, a really big part of that. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, it makes, it kind of like goes hand in hand with like positivity and like positive thinking and stuff like that. So, um, it's, it's just going to make your life so much easier. <laughs> so, uh, what's a, what's a day in your life as a student these days? Uh, <laughs> these days, uh, well, the strike just ended, so it's kind of uh, hectic right now, just because we're kind of getting, um, I'm I'm getting all of my profs kind of telling me that okay, well, these assignments, you know, the, all of these things, and uh, the summer's already in full swing, so it's it's a little sh- stressful, it's a little rough, uh, just trying to get through the motions of. Um, you know, like what assignments is it that I have to like send out or like, do I need to read these 20 chapters within the next three weeks? Uh, you know, so there's a lot of questions, a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of uncertainty. And also for my next year, I mean, it's really stressful being this late in the in the summer and not knowing, OK, well, do I have the grades to continue on in my education? And do I have or am I going to have to like restart, restart again, um, you know, for all of the like my previous year classes or anything like that? Am I going to have to take another year? All these questions, everything is very, very uncertain. Um, so yeah, it's so right now I'm just trying to go through. Emotions. Yeah, that adds a lot of stress. So why don't you tell us, catch us up to present day? Tell us about your student journey. Student journey. All right. <laughs> um, it's been. It, it was it was rough. Okay, so I moved out here, like I said, around 18, uh, and I was working in customer service for about. I think it was six years, six, seven years. And I woke up one day and I was like, nah, (laughs) I am not having it. I don't want to be doing customer service. I don't want to be answering phones and replying back to emails for the rest of my life. It was a good, it was a good job. Like I had good jobs, but uh, it wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't anything that gave me purpose in the morning. It wasn't anything that I woke up excited about that passion yeah, you're talking about wasn't exactly. there it wasn't there i was really just like okay well you know going into my little nine to five and it's completely fine it like it's a very very respectable job but it wasn't for me um so after that i decided all right <laughs> i tried to make it was probably one of the hardest decisions in my life to um quit having a full-time job with a full-time pay and putting everything on the line pretty much because I, I moved from Montreal. So my family, everybody's in Montreal at this point. I am here all by myself. Um, it was a really, really tough call to be like, okay, here I am like diving in to, to, I don't know what I may hate it. I may put myself in all this debt and, you know, I may struggle. I may, I may not even like finish my degree. I'm, these may be four years wasted, four years wasted or however long I'm going to be in university for. And um, yeah, and just try to like, 
basically invest in myself. So that was a really, really tough call. Um, but I made it so far. I'm, I'm still here. I'm still, I'm super, super excited. Thankfully that, uh, the program was all that I thought it was going to be and more. So I am super, super excited about what I'm learning. I'm passionate about it. And I also, I think that that was, it was so much of a, of a bonus for me to have gone through being in the customer service field and being in uh, well, not even customer service, just being in the working force beforehand, because I know what's at stake. Mm -hmm. I know what it, what it is that I have to lose if I don't make it or if I don't study hard or, you know, even if I just decide that I don't want to be in school anymore, I know what I'm going back to. Right. And it's a good and a bad, bad thing. Right. It's bittersweet type of thing because I don't want to be back there. But at the same time, I still do have something to fall back on. It's not like I'll be, you know, I'll be like scrambling for a job. So. So there were some advantages to being in the workforce before coming back, coming to university, right? And how yeah. long were you, what were you doing before being in the workforce there? I was, I had just graduated, well, not just graduated, maybe it's been a year since I had graduated in Montreal. Mm -hmm. And then after that, yeah, because I graduated around 17, 18-ish. And did you do school in English or French? I did school in French. Yeah, because yeah, you're yeah. perfectly bilingual. Really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it made me laugh so much when uh, I enrolled to university and they're like, you need to take a placement test for your language. I'm like, I Perfect. I'm like talking to you on the phone. What's happening? So, anyways, that was uh, that was quite uh, quite funny, quite interesting. But uh, yeah. Um. So something you said about right. So then you came back to school as a mature student. Talk talk to me about that. Like, yes. Oh my God, was I ever stressed? I was I was really nervous that I wasn't gonna fit in because I know that the majority of the population of universities are people who are, um, you know, graduating from high school. And there are a few people that are from all walks of life, some people who are like me, mature students, but I knew that Glendon was a smaller campus. And I was like, okay, with my luck, I'm going to be the only person here <laughs> with, uh, you know, being mature students, being over 21. And, uh, and I, I, I came in directly with the attitude of, okay, I'm not going to let that bother me. I'm not going to let that stop me. I, I'm so happy to be back in university and I, I, it took so much out of me um, to be able to come back to school. I'm not going to limit myself. I'm not going to let my age or like my uh, appearance or, you know, whatever preconceptions of university stop me from doing everything that I want to do regardless. So I had enrolled the first year I decided to do frosh and like as a froshy. So do my first, first week <laughs> as a, uh, a new welcome student and that was amazing <laughs> so and people were so shocked when i told them my age and they're like what? oh you're okay 26 what what Is that okay and because i'm in a sea of like like 17 18 17 18 year olds and and you're i'm older than maybe some of the senior students who yeah, are with you right exactly yeah, exactly and i remember and uh it, it was it they welcomed me with open arms. I mean, I, d I never felt out of place. So I what did never. that do for you? How did you make sense of that? Because it kind of was like different from what you were expecting. But then you took a risk. Sounds mm -hmm. like you've taken, you took a lot of risk. Yeah. And then you were there and then you felt welcome. So what did that do for you? That kind of difference in um, expectation? I think that it just validated my choice a little bit. It validated my choice. Like, okay, I'm, I'm really a true believer in like, you know, life throws you signs and you kind of have to like learn how to see them, how to catch them. And that was sort of one for me. I'm like, I'm not having a hard time adjusting so far like this. And I'm not just talking about frush, right? Everything that happened afterwards, I was kind of like, okay, well, I'm, I, 
as far as like the community goes, I don't feel any separation. I don't feel ostracized or anything like that. So I, it was really, really uh, somewhat of a relief that that wasn't a concern. So a sense of connection being very important for student success, you felt that. But, Definitely. So what about your um, academic or and or co-curricular working experience on campus? How, what was that like, that journey? That's That was a little bit different. That was a little bit different. Not being in school for, um, you know, eight years, it was... I wasn't used to like taking notes or I wasn't used to, especially that we have a different school system. Not that, not, not that taking notes is like that big of a deal, but I'm sure that we had different learning types than people in Ontario here had. Right. And it's, it, it was already that kind of adjustment plus not having like, I, I don't know. I mean, when you, when it's so fresh in your mind, like you, you were just like taking notes last year or you were just reading like, you know, essays and books of 600 pages or whatever, you're used to doing that all in, in high school. And then after that, you're, you're kind of plunged into your university life. Um, for me, I had eight years to kind of like, not without any practice. So that's where it was really, really hard for me to try to take everything in and try, you know, take notes and try to understand multitasking. I'm a good multitasker usually. <laughs> it was really hard for me to try to listen to somebody, take notes, look at the slideshow, remember what the, the context was or the concept was. And, you know, like there was just so much happening. So it was really, really rough. And it still is really rough for me. I'm kind of learning that I am not maybe this like the standard. I don't learn in the standard way. So that was, um, yeah, that was an adjustment for sure. But getting there. What if you don't mind sharing, that's uh, that's an interesting like self-realization. First of all, I want to comment that you have a very strong internal kind of driven motivation which is really cool um but then there's the self-awareness piece you, you talked about learning so what have you discovered or are discovering mm -hmm. about your learning style or preference or i'm so if you plant a book in front of me chances are that i'm not gonna read it <laughs> i'm not i'm not the person who i i'm more of a of a visual person first off uh and i am also more of a hands-on person, right? So give me something to do or explain to explain a concept to me using like, you know, like pens and pencils and, you know, erasers or whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll be more likely to understand it. But most of university, uh, at least in the traditional sense is like, okay, we'll read these 10 chapters and then we'll come and talk about it. And then you'll take extra notes from the slideshow. And I, I, that's, I think that's where the struggle came from. And, I'm kind of learning how to do that myself, which is extra work, but I mean, you, you do what you gotta do, right? You, you need to get those grades. Um, but yeah, that was, that was, that's definitely what I'm, I'm still struggling to do it because it's a lot of work and it's a lot of, of energy that you have to put into the, the work that is already given to you. Right, because it's an extra steps for you because it's exactly. not as a natural to do that yeah. kind of traditional university learning, if you yeah. will. Uh, so speaking about passion and your learning preference, when have you felt, I'm curious to know, when have you felt most engaged and also disengaged in your learning experience? All right. So I, <laughs> I was looking forward to this question because when I felt most engaged was actually in your class, it was so fun. It was really, really fun because you used uh, different methods and different ways of like showing us different things, which is exactly what I just spoke about. Um, you were showing videos, you were showing like screenshots, you were showing like, okay, well, real life examples of what it is that you were trying to say and like journal like clippings and you know a bunch of different stuff like that so that was much much easier for me and i like i think i aced that class if i remember you like, did. 
I had, I had not everyone did. <laughs> and then, yeah, exactly. And I had like the best grades that I've ever had in my life. And thankfully that that was in my first year. Thankfully your class was in my first year because that kind of, there was, there was a click, right? I kind of realized like, okay, how come I'm doing so much better in this class and not in the other ones? And I remember, oh, and you also had like online, you use a lot of technology, right? A lot of your um, uh, homework and stuff like that was, okay, do it online, kind of answer the survey, you know, do it. So there was a lot of mix of a lot of different things. And it wasn't just like sitting in a class for three hours and like listening to somebody speak. Um, and I think that that was, that's my, uh, when I learned, like I said, you know, that's where my down, downfall is. Uh, you know, especially when it's big classes and it's a three hour lecture and it's really, really deep and dense content. And it's yeah, that's when I kind of get lost in the shuffle. So for those people out there who are who identify with being more visual, hands on, <clears throat> um, what is your advice for them when it comes to those other kinds of classes that are less experiential, if you will, less active learning? I mean, you it come it kind of comes naturally to me now. But you have to like, I'm, I make scenarios in my head, right? So I read something and I try to do like a little stick figure, you know, whatever helps you, whatever feels right, feels natural. You know, you kind of uh, put something in context in your real life too, right? I listen to, I read something in psych or, you know, that makes me think of like, oh, this is kind of like what my, my best friend went through last, last year or something like that. Okay, so if she was in that situation that the book describes, like, how would I, how would I react to that? Or like, how would it, like, what are the signs that, I, you know, you try to help yourself to learn how to study that way, or at least try to remember it that way. Because you can always study it later and do all those, you know, extra, uh, not extra, but, you know, <clears throat> do your own way of studying. But in that moment, you have to kind of learn to like associate it really, really quickly. And I think that that's helped also with my cliff notes. Like, you don't have to take like the whole paragraph that's on the, on the spreadsheet that's in front of you or anything that you kind of just like cliff notes, like my friend, Karen or whatever it is like yeah those are golden um, learning strategies that you've mentioned because I think there's a big power in you're almost like storifying and making more relevant the the theory or the concepts that you're reading in the book and that you you mentioned that that helps with memory retention yeah but also understanding and that's that's huge yeah that's, that's a big tip it's uh it's you, been helpful you kind of convert it into the way you prefer to learn mm -hmm. oh yeah exactly yeah. Exactly. You have, whatever it is, I mean, you have to find a way to, you know, whatever makes it work. Because it's a very, very much of a, you know, university is very standardized. You have to tailor it to your, your experience, right? To how it's going to work for you. That's a good message. So how do you, big question, how do you define, think about, or articulate student success from your perspective? It's very, very objective. It's very objective. <clears throat> Excuse me. You have to... Um, Student success, I think that a lot of people, I've made that mistake many, many times and I still do. I still have to catch myself, but looking at the, you like people look at the bigger picture, right? The degree, that's the bigger picture, right? And a lot of people are like, I won't, like success is only when I'll be, I'll, I'll be handed that, uh, that uh, you know, degree and I'll be like on my way to whatever else in life. Uh, I think it's in the small successes too. It's in the small achievements and it's really hard to do guys. <laughs> it's really hard to do to try to like pat yourself on the back and be like, it's okay. I studied for like two hours today. It's fine. You know, I could have studied for five, but I studied for two and, uh, you know, trying to, trying to learn how to, uh, be your own kind of best fan. And those little successes are just as important because there's the smaller steps to get to the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. So you were saying student success is objective <laughs> in, in like, like society tells us it's one thing is what you're saying um or you mean it it should be objective just to... it, objective in the in the sense that uh 
Subjective, sorry. Oh, okay. Not objective, sorry, subjective. Subjective, okay, great. I'm like, wait, why did I say that? No worries. That's what I thought. Okay, no, that's good. So success is subjective. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's, it's different for everybody. For me, it was in the little successes, but, uh, you know, you, it is what you make it. Yeah. And, and so now flipping that question on the institutional side, in your view, what should the goal of Glendon or any university or college be in terms of facilitating student success? How, how do they do that? What should their goal be? I think it, like I said, it does come down to, like everybody has a different way and I think that that's not catered to enough. That's definitely, um, that's definitely something that's, uh, yeah, not a lot, not, everybody has a, di comes from different places, come from different, a lot of international students too. Like I have a lot of international friends and uh, they, they ha like they have a harder time than than even I do, you know, and it's 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 everybody kind of has to have their own like little pillar of like trying to adjust and trying to, you know, different cultures, different learning experiences, just trying to bring all of that together. That's a big thing that we should be looking into. And also, like <laughs> speaking for myself, I I struggle so, so much with trying to make rent every month, you know, and try to uh I, I'm, I have so much going on and I have so much to handle when I go back home already in my outside life. And it's not even like I have a family. I don't, I don't even understand how people do it. People who have families to go home to take care of at night. It's insane the amount of extra work um, that you do, right? So, and uh, I, I often talk about this with a lot of my, uh, a lot of my friends and a lot of them are you know, between 17 and, you know, 20 or whatever. And they, for the most part, go home at, at night and, you know, they go study for a few hours because parents are cooking dinner downstairs and, you know, they got, they, you know, whatever, everything is kind of like catered to them in a way, which is completely fine. I mean, that's great that you have that support. Uh, but I come home and I have to do a million other things that are not even remotely uh, related to, to school. So like having that extra burden, if that was taken away or if you know I didn't have to stress so much about like okay I have to go through my I have three jobs right to try to support myself and if I didn't have that I'd have so much more time to study and actually excel in everything that I'm doing and everything that I'm all the classes that I'm in so as a message to campuses maybe so there's a part of that is student financial aid mm -hmm. and assistance maybe mm -hmm. on campus work programs yeah and then also earlier you were talking about providing supports for the various populations Right. So mm -hmm. you're, you were saying international, mm -hmm. mature, other. Right. Yeah. So what's that been like to have to juggle all of those? Actually, I'll ask a bigger question here. What are the things in your life which have made success, in your view, easier or more difficult? So family, background, health, socioeconomic, like what has yeah. played in your favor? What has made it more difficult, challenging? Yeah, definitely um, having to juggle all of these different things. Like I just mentioned, you know, it's it's hard to kind of. Uh, uh, come home and, you know, I have to cook dinner, I have to, you know, I have to go put gas in my car, I have to pay, I have like a million bills to pay and, you know, and stuff like that. But uh, that has kind of hindered me. Um, but I am so, so grateful that I have a good support system. I have my family, my friends. Um, I'm putting myself through school, but my parents are always, you know, whatever you need type of thing, like let us know. And they, they've always been there for, for that. And they're really just proud that I'm kind of going with it uh you know you have to have a good support system you have to have like even if it's like not family it's like friends or anything like that every time I come to school and I 
I feel like, okay, I have too much on my mind. I have like 25 different people I can turn to, which is amazing. It's great. And it's a, London is a tight knit community too. So it makes it even easier. Um, but yeah, that's definitely one of the bigger parts of it. So that, that the importance of that social connection kind of counterbalances some of those pressures that you face. Like mm-hmm. if you, if you take away that social support, you'd be dealing with those pressures in a different way. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, that's something that a lot of people go through as well. Can you tell us the story of when you've most struggled and then triumphed? Um, for me, being in so much, like such a new environment, uh, you know, the pressure, the stresses, all these new and exciting, but sometimes, you know, really difficult parts of being in, being back in university. Uh, I turned a lot to alcohol, right? I turned a lot to, uh, having to like, just relying on it. Um, I've luckily never, it's never impaired. Like I've never missed a class because of it, but it was becoming uh, kind of like, you know, on the, on the heavier side, heavier than I would uh, have liked. Um, so, and it's, it's really hard to get yourself out of it because it's an instant gratification thing. Right. In that second, in that moment, you're just done. You're just like, okay, great. Like I can breathe. I can finally like relax. I can finally uh, you know, like just not think of it, not not think about the pressures and the stress and the hardship for a, a hot, you know, like an, an hour or something like that. Um, that was really, and it's what it, it took me a really long time to kind of get a grip and try to find different coping mechanisms and try to find, uh, you know, and I'm still str- I'm still struggling with it a little bit, and you know, it's unfortunate, but also I'm I'm really happy that I'm able to talk about it because I know that it's. I'm not the only person. I'm not the only person. There's a lot of people out there that do a lot of things, right? University is is stressful for everybody. So I know that I do know of a few people who, you know, use different substances and uh, it's it's really hard to get out of, but I'm happy that it's it's a process and I'm kind of like slowly getting out of it and slowly, you know, it's really, really important also to find help. I mean, we were, we're really, really lucky as students that we do have counseling services here. And that's where I go to be able to like, kind of, you know, piece little things together. And it, it may sound like little details about your life, but you know, it's the, sometimes you don't understand what triggers it. It could be stress, but it could also be, you know, whatever is something, something that you don't think of that could unconsciously push you towards uh, those unhealthy habits but happily um i'm happy to say that i'm like i said i'm kind of coming out of it uh it's a it's a rough patch but you can't it's it's important to not stay there it's important to not stay there in the moment it's the best thing for you if there's one thing that i've learned it's the best like that's the best decision that i could have made for myself because i was about to lose my mind i was about to lose my mind and especially coming from last year little story um Last year, I decided uh, that I wanted to be as good as everybody else. That's why I said, you know, everything is subjective. Success is subjective because everything that everybody else was doing, everything that everybody else who has, who doesn't have to have like three jobs and who doesn't have to have, uh, you know, all these other pressures of outside life, they're doing a full course load. They're doing extracurricular, extra reading, you know, they're doing like they're on five different sports team and stuff like that. And I came to university guns blazing. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to do everything. I want to be that superhero person who can like handle everything. Right. And I nearly 
lost my mind. I nearly lost my mind. And I'm not exaggerating. I thought I could. And it's the hardest thing to try to, to tell yourself, I can't do it. I can't, I, I want, I have this vision in my head, but I, my body doesn't follow it. My brain doesn't follow it. I can't make it there. So I am um, in that time. That's when I had, it was kind of like at my roughest. I was always constantly stressed. I was not sleeping. I was not eating. I was just trying to get my homework, rushing from one job to another, doing all these things, having all these, like, you know, I, I live with my sister. My sister saw that I wasn't doing like the chores that, you know, little stuff like that. And like, we would get into arguments and it was like, Everything was just kind of crumbling around me. And that's what kind of pushed me to start drinking a lot more. And I think that's something that we should all be talking about because I, as hard as a decision that that was, I decided the next year that, um, which is the year I just finished, that I needed to take a reduced course load because I wasn't going to make it. I wasn't going to make it at all, not intact at least. So, you know, you know, you have to do the best decision that's for you in the moment. For me, that was drinking and it was trying to, it was a way of coping, right? It was a way of kind of dealing with, okay, like this is going to get me through the day. I like just, you know, looking forward to like that glass of wine at, at, at the end of the night or, you know, that glass of whiskey or whatever it was for that day uh, that kind of helped me go through my day. And that's what I needed in the moment. That's what I needed to, to survive that year. But it's important not to stay there. It's important to find a way out and figure out what it is that you need to do to be able to uh, you know, flourish out of it, you know? <laughs> so, so you turn to it to kind of gain your bearings almost and yeah. kind of maintain, survive. Yeah, exactly. But then to move to the thriving, you had said to, you don't want to stay there. So you mm -hmm. want to move from surviving to thriving. Yeah. You went to counseling and some Definitely. other, other tools, other resources. Or? Yeah. Well, I didn't, I really, honestly, the counseling uh, services are amazing. I love them. Uh, the person that I'm seeing was really, really helpful in trying to like pinpoint what it is that we're, we're trying to look for and how to like, um, disen like disengage or kind of break down the process a little bit of what it is that is, you know, making me reach for the bottle or whatever it is. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's really, it's really helpful. So counseling is definitely the, for me, the only thing that I found helpful. I could have used a bunch of other things. I know that there's a bunch of other services that are out in the city or, you know, a lot, there's, and the internet presence these days is mind boggling. You can find support system anywhere. Um, so, you know, trying to, trying to get out of that. And I, I'm, I'm great where I am now. I'm, I'm actually in a much, much better place. And uh, that, that was a pretty big accomplishment because it could have easily gone the other way as well. It could have easily gone the other way where I was just like, you know what, screw school. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and continue down this path. Like I just can't deal with the stress and let, let the addiction win. I could have let the addiction win and let that happen to me, right? But I'm not a victim of, I didn't want to be a victim. That's one, that's a big thing. I have a lot of, I have a lot of, uh, how do you say that? Okay, I have a lot of, um, uh, like- Pride? Pride, yeah, exactly. I have a lot of pride. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to let that thing win. Are you joking? Yeah, it helped. <laughs> it did help, it did help. And also like when I look at my vision board, um, now when I look at it, uh, just to kind of like drive it home to and help, help me through that healing process, um, when I look at everything in my vision board, the, the alcohol isn't something that I want to be part of, right? I don't want to be that person either that when things get rough and when life gets stressful, I mean, yes, school is stressful, but that's not the only stressful thing that's going to happen in life. There's going to be so many things in life later down the road that are going to be stressful. And I don't want to be that person who reaches for alcohol as a crutch. 
every time something gets rough. So that that was a big, big deciding factor for me. That was a really, really big one because I didn't want to be, say for example, I'm a mom in five years or something and mom gets stressed and she reaches for the bottle. Is that somebody I want to be? No, I don't. So you make that choice. Yeah, exactly. I made that choice right now. And especially that I do have the services that are offered for all the students. I would be crazy not to use that. I already know what I want it to look like. So how about I make the necessary steps when there's something, again, like life throws you, you know, signs and life kind of try to tries to help you in some ways. And this was a big one. I'm like, why am I not using this? And I didn't use it for the first year because I was like, nah, nah, it's okay. I got this. I, I can figure it out. I can figure it out. But it's not, it's not, and there's a lot of taboo also in asking for help. For sure. There's a lot of taboo. For sure. A lot of people either think that, no, nah, it's okay. I'll figure out by myself. Or like, what are they going to tell me that I don't know about me? And yeah, you're right to an extent. You're talking to a stranger, but that stranger has a very, like she, that person, she or he is like an outsider, right? They can see the situation for what it is compared to you who is in the situation, who is struggling, right? So, and they're trained professionals. I mean, they, they understand a little bit better how the Even the works. act of verbalizing it to a neutral party. Yeah, right? exactly. And asking questions helps. Oh my God, so much, so helpful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that story of struggle and triumph. There seems to be a lot, a huge link between health and student success. Oh, for sure. As well, right? Yeah. In your story and whatnot. Um, and I hope that this story resonates with folks. Mm -hmm. I hope so too. I hope so too, honestly. And it's, uh, it's honestly nothing to be ashamed of. There's much more people who struggle with these things than, than we know just because people don't talk about it. And I get why people don't talk about it, but it's, it's okay too. It's okay too. You just find a neutral party, you find somebody who, you know, you, you're really close to or something that you, letting it out. <laughs> and it's going to sound, it's gonna, it sounds super cliche when you say it out loud, but like, let it out and it's going to feel better. But it truly does. It truly does. Just even talking to you right now, that's a form of therapy, right? That's a form of therapy, being able to like acknowledge that, yes, that's a part of my life. It's just what it is. It's not where I am anymore. It's not, or like, even if it is, that's the part that I'm working on. Verbalizing it, it, it empowers me in a, in a way that I haven't been able to find before. And that helps my healing process to be able to move on. Yes, yes. Because it's, it's integration as well. When I'm looking at you, I see an empowered person. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Right? <laughs> when you're telling your story. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of have to, okay. One of the big things that I have learned, and it was a learning process. People don't believe me when I say that, but learning how to, to self-care. Learning how to self-care, right? I'm not going to say one specific example of like no, when I was good. like really low, because I mean, it, I'm always like, you know, fluctuating. Some weeks are great because I have like maybe two deadlines and other weeks I'm crumbling under paperwork. Um, so, you know, self-care is something that was never part of my, like it was not even on my radar. So what's in your self-care kind of toolkit now? So you got that awareness, yeah. it sounds like through university or? Um, no, no, no. So was that before? like this, the self-care part. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's more so like when I come home or like even through like other, it could be university, right? Oh, sorry. Like when did that awareness come to be? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Through university. Okay. Just because it was a new chapter and doing my nine to five job and then going home after that. Um, and you know, having to not having to, sorry, binge watching like three hours of Netflix. That, that was my self-care, right? <laughs> um, so, so then it evolved. It's, it's sort of, it's sort of shifted, right? I am, I didn't want to stay glued to a screen for too, too long. Although I love Netflix. Um, now it's more so like, okay, well, you know, take a breather, like learning to walk away from something that's stressful for a little bit. I found the value in that, that I never found before. I was always the one that's like, no, I'm going to do it till it's done. You know, I'm going to do, I'm going to sit here and like do it. And 
uh, you know, not realizing that it was, I was like, you know, shaking by the end of it or like I, my vision was blurry or um, whatever the case may be. So learning how to walk away, maybe go for like a walk or, you know, whatever it is that you want to, to do, like go see friends, uh, you know, take a bubble bath, I don't know, like whatever. Um, it's self-care is definitely a, a big asset that I just started to find. And I, I never knew about this whole new world, right. <laughs> like masks and, you know, all that good stuff. Right. It, yeah. It sounds like all these difficulties also taught <clears throat> through it. You've learned a number of things. I'd wonder if you could expand on any other attributes or skills that you developed along the way from first year to now different set of skills yeah or what skills did you learn or lessons did you learn um honestly i i the one of the bigger ones that i'm still working on is time management <laughs> and that is so hard uh well for me it is because i i am one person who i like to multitask but not in the right way. Like, I don't know how to multitask properly. I just like doing it. So I'll start a little bit of something and then I'll hop onto another thing. And I'm like, oh, I'll come back to that later. I'll come back to that first thing later and then multitask on the second thing and then start three, four, five things. And uh, it's, it's, it, it, then nothing ever gets done. Right. It can feel productive in the moment because right. like I'm advancing a bunch of stuff, but then at the same time you feel like nothing's getting done. Yeah. You're dividing your attention. Right. So nothing is actually being sought through completion. So right. through completion. So, so um, yeah, that's that's really a, a it's a it's a it's a rough spot for me. Uh, that and also like procrastination. I feel like everybody in university or every everybody in life has <laughs> issues with procrastinate procrastination. Uh, you know, I'll do, I'll do it later. You know, one more episode or you know, I just like I want to speak to my friend or I want to hang out here for another hour, whatever the case may be. Uh, for me, that procrastination is until like the week that it's due usually. Uh, because you're very introspective. Mm -hmm. Where does pressure come from? Is it internal or external for you? Um, I was lucky enough that my parents never forced me to do anything, right? My, I was never, I was never pushed into something that I didn't want to do. So the pressure comes from me. I want to do well. I want to succeed. I want to, I want to be the best person that I want to be, but you know, I have to, I have to also learn to know like what that what that looks like so that pressure doesn't become too overwhelming mm -hmm. right it's i need to i need to kind of like evaluate okay do i want to put that much pressure on myself is it is it going to be good for me in the long run is that mental health like you know is it is it going to impair my mental health and uh i think that a lot of people in university like from my from what i can tell that's a lot what it, it is right they put so much pressure on themselves and unfortunately some people have pressures from all around them as well um you have to kind of learn to like okay you know case by case little by little by little and try to you know figure it out but it definitely comes from in, within mm -hmm. <clears throat> and um so you've, you've disclosed a number of pressures uh and and yet you've also overcome so much what are the attributes from within yourself or externally so you talked about social connection what are some other internal attributes which have that you're, you're saying like you could look at and say, these are my attributes that have really helped me that you might want to share with the audience to develop. Attributes just uh, in general. Characteristics about yeah. yourself, yeah. <clears throat> Learning how to see the silver linings. It's definitely an acquired skill. <laughs> 
it's not given it is hard especially in a, especially in a rough situation it's good to it's easy to see the silver linings when you're not when you're happy when you're, everything's going great you're like this is amazing but it's incredibly hard to find the silver linings when you're in uh, a down not a downfall but you know you're in a rough spot or you're you're not feeling your best and stuff like that and it's something that it's taken me a, like a couple years to kind of figure out how to do properly but once you know how to do it what a difference it's incredible like you you like little stuff don't bother you doesn't bother you anymore uh it's it becomes much much easier to go through just life not even just education just life in general uh, when you have a positive, positive outlook and I know it sounds corny, but like, you know, <laughs> like having a good positive vibe about just like, okay, well, to, you know, today, like, let's just go through the motions. Like nothing, nothing is too bad. Nothing is too terrible. And I have a funny reminder of, um, for, <laughs> for me, I have my, I have a car and, uh, my screen cracked, like my windshield cracked about a year and a half ago. And I put a little bandaid over it. I never fixed it. And I just put a little bandaid over it because it reminds me that nothing is too, it's too bad, right? Nothing is too dramatic. Everything is going to work out. It's not like, you know, just find something funny about what the situation good, you're what in. What a good psychological cue when you like walk in the car and you're like, ah, it reminds you. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. It's the first thing I see every time. I'm like, my little band-aid's right there. So you do a lot of like framing, reframing. Yeah. Almost cognitively how you see situations. And I feel yeah. like that's, that's, that's been a big feature in your mm -hmm. toolbox. Right. It definitely it's so helpful. It's so helpful. And it, it, people don't see the value in it because it's not something that you can outwardly see or they, they don't see like it's hard for people. It's not to like tangible. Yeah, it's not tangible. Exactly. Thank you. Um, so it's not like uh, this is why also kind of why I went. Into it's not psychology. a quick fix always. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not a quick fix. And that's why I kind of went into psychology, because a lot of people don't see the value in psychology because it's not a broken bone. Right. Mm -hmm. A broken brain is not a broken bone. You can't see it. So people don't place as much value in, into it. So that's kind of like, you know, so you seeing the silver linings, kind of trying to find something funny or something uplifting about the bad situation I'm in has helped me in a lot of situations, especially stressful situations, like coming back to school and dealing with all the, you know, all the ins and outs of, you know, logistics of everything I have to do on a daily basis. So actually, uh, I, I want to ask you, what personal habit are you most proud of? It could be, uh, if it's positivity, let me know, and then I'll ask you a follow-up question. But if it's something else, let me know. Um... Posit like sorry the what, habits yeah what's the personal habit you're most proud of in relation to your student journey positivity is definitely one of them but um also rem like reminding myself that i'm doing a good thing it's easy to be down on yourself and will be down on myself and tell me tell myself like oh my god this is too stressful uh, you know, like I, why did I do this? Why did I, why am I here? There's so many things I can't do this and try to remind myself to like, okay, you know what, Liz, you can, you can do this. Like you're, you're fine. Just take it one step at a time. Just go, you know, go with the flow. We'll, we'll see what happens. Like do one little, like, like a assignment or something and, uh, go from there type of thing. You, you can do this positive kind of positive self-talk goes a long way sometimes it's just like that extra push that you need do, do you have a positive positivity or um self-talk kind of routine or practice that you go through on a daily or weekly basis or is it sort of like you've built the habit and kind of you you bring it in whenever you need it type mm -hmm. thing? or is it like something routine you follow actually i i just started doing a dream board hmm. and it's really cool guys it's really cool i didn't my sister had one for such a long time and uh it's uh, I did. I was like, yeah, okay, cute, cool, whatever. And then I did one. I 
that that actually built into my routine now. So and like actually, a, a dream board for like a year or, um, or, or life? Just life in general, yeah. right? I have one for, too. Yeah, yeah, you do? Yeah, yeah. That's great. It's amazing yeah. because I wake up in the morning. For me, it's on the opposite side of my bed. Uh-huh. So I wake up every morning and it's become part of my routine that I just look at it, right? And I just look at it and I kind of look at through it. There's a bunch of pictures in there. Uh, but, you know, what every picture, how it makes me feel, uh, what is it that I'm trying to accomplish in, like, in, uh, in comparison to that picture, uh, you know, just having kind of that little, it's kind of like meditation too, right? You kind of like absorb all of that. Okay, like today this is, I'm going to concentrate on that graduation picture, you know, this is because today's a rough day. So like that's what, you know, this, the image I'm going to keep in mind and it's kind of, it helps you uh, start your day off right too. You're going to have that image in, the, in your head or it could be a quote. And um, it's going to help you kind of, okay, today, this is, this is my, my motto, my motto for today. Yeah, that's cool. It, it kind of primes you, sets you up for the day. Yeah. Um, and there's a saying that goes like energy flows where the attention goes. Yes. So you're kind of setting your attention on your dreams, your personal dreams, and kind of cut away all the excess. Yeah. And that's what you're going to your day with. Yeah. That's amazing. So yeah. you wake up and you see that. It's, yeah, it's, it's honestly so far, it's, it's changed a lot of, I've realized I, I'm already a positive person that usually on a day-to-day basis but i think that that even more kind of drove it home for me i was like yeah i really truly enjoy this amazing um before we close what do you hope the next generation of students gets right or does better and what about campuses that's a really uh i i thought of that question a little bit just because i my answer was like, I hope that the school system as a whole kind of like shifts and kind of is turned on its head type of thing. So it's kind of unrealistic. Well, no, go ahead. This is the place. Um, but Paint yeah. that picture for us. It, yeah. Well, I was thinking of like, uh, you know, I, I would hope that schools would look a lot different. Schools would look a lot different. It's not, uh, it's great for the bookworms. Like I was explaining earlier, it's great for anybody who's able to sit there for five hours and read like three chapters of 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 um, you know content but it's not it's not for everybody so I would have loved to see uh you know in the near future <laughs> like kind of more hands-on or like having somebody you know in my in my case like a schizophrenic maybe come into the office and uh, to the office to this classroom and you know kind of share their experience and you know all of these different things that I'm it's like more tangible mm. it's more like putting into a real life experience mm-hmm. what it is that the book is trying to explain mm-hmm. because I can I can read I can I can also read everything that is given to me and not understand a, a thing right because it's not I don't I've never seen it before I don't know what it's like I don't know how to recognize the sign I don't know what that person is feeling you know the schizophrenic or whoever it is person with depression what what does that look like right um so it's a lot to uh I I would like to have to have seen that in my experience but obviously well no it sounds like that'd be beneficial for learning and (laughs) any parting words for students don't don't be too hard on yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself. It's such a beautiful journey and it's rough. It is really, really rough. It's really hard, but I mean, you got this. It's, it's really just about like taking it one day at a time. Okay. Thank you. You shared so much. So what's, what's next for you, Elise? And, um, if people can follow or connect with you, how can they do that? Uh, what's next for me? Hopefully it gets into my third year. <laughs> Hopefully everything kind of like resolves itself and I, I pass all my classes. So, uh, hear from you guys and, uh, where to find me. I'm on Instagram at Lizzie Liz, L-I-Z-I-L-Y-Z and on Facebook as Lisandre, je crois. 
It's a really long name. We'll put your, <laughs> we'll put your name on the uh, in the description, the podcast Perfect. description. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Really appreciate the time. Thank you so much, David. I hope you enjoyed episode three, season one of the Student Success Exchange and enjoyed our conversation, Lise and I, where she talked about what it was like to find community among younger students to adjust to new academic and financial challenges, to navigate in alcohol dependency and to practice self-care and to achieve a whole new level of self-awareness. I learned a lot. Uh, Thanks, Lise, again for sharing so much. I also want to thank my friend and musician, Jose Miguel, for the awesome intro and outro music. And just as a reminder, you can find the podcast on davidapm.com or anywhere you download your episodes. Take care and keep striving.